What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Cornelia, back for another episode of Black News, a podcast where we break down current events, hot topics, and local stories involving Black people. Now let's get into it. First things first, y'all know I've been telling y'all and y'all been killing it. Kudos. Keep liking, keep subscribing, keep sharing the podcast with your networks, your friends and family. Keep uh, rating and leaving fantastic comments. Keep sending me y'all thoughts and, and, and information that y'all want to talk about on the podcast. I've been uploading it to YouTube as well. It's been doing pretty okay. Still getting some traction over there, but we'll see what happens. The point is making the podcast available on multiple platforms so that it's more convenient for you guys to listen. That's what it's all about, making it convenient and easy to listen and share. But besides that, keep doing what y'all doing. Keep supporting. Thank you guys so much. All right, let's get into it. Kira Shear said, y'all can't come over her house. Now while her husband is there, she said, y'all can't come over. Sorry. See you, at, see you next tomorrow at the, at the hotel. Kiera Sheard, who is a gospel singer, most recently known for being, I believe she was in the Clark Sisters documentary or no, it wasn't a documentary. It was like a biopic. Really great movie. It was on Lifetime. All of the cast killed it. Um, and if that wasn't Kiera, I'm sorry. I, hey, I don't be knowing everything. Okay. But she recently was the center of some social media debate and chitter chatter because she did an interview where she essentially talked about how her friends can't spend a night over her house because she got a husband. Now, let me read the quote and we'll get into the conversation. Now, I'm going to start this by saying she received and referenced getting this advice from her mother, who is the legendary Karen Clark Shear. So the quote goes as follows. Absolutely. My mama has already, all, my mama has already, look, don't have too many people around your house. Don't get comfortable. I don't care how good you trust or whatever it is. I'm very mindful and careful. I will buy a friend a hotel before I let them stay in my house. However, I am a prayerful woman to discern that space that I am in. I'm also very cautious of what purpose I am supposed to serve in this person's life. While I am very prayerful, I'm also also asking God outside of mom to direct me. In this season, am I supposed to let them into my home? Because we as believers, we believe that what we have, we are supposed to share with others. But I'm not, I'm, I, but y'all, I, I, I'm having brain farts. I can't read, but I'm not sharing my man. Since I'm not sharing my man, I have to be cautious with everything else that I share as far as with him being there too. That's a lesson that I get. Then I think it's such a thing as a balance that also goes to why we have wise friends. Encourage our friends too. You know how they say a lot of single women, they can't give you counsel, but I was single. I was able to tell my married friends good advice. I definitely think it's such a thing as boundaries. Okay, so she, once that quote came out or that interview, people started going in on social media in both directions people defending her, supporting her, and people who didn't necessarily agree. She didn't respond to the post by posting something on social media with a quote from Proverbs in the caption, healthy boundaries and prayerful moves seem insecure to the foolish. So the question is one, is this conversation about boundaries? Is it about friendship? Is it about commitment? 
everybody and regardless of what relationship you you are in whether it's romantic friendship family co-workers colleagues business boundaries are always a good thing letting people know and understand what you like and don't like what you stand for and don't stand for what you accept and don't accept is not a bad thing it's healthy you lay down the ground rules, they lay down theirs, and then you know how to navigate within or around that friendship or relationship. Okay. But in friendships, again, and specifically in her case with her homegirls, she's saying she laid down the boundary. Okay. Which, hey, different friend groups operate different ways. If that is the understanding between her and her homegirls, hey, if she, if she doing it, that's what she doing. Cool. In regards to her relationship, if those are boundaries she sets within her relationship, then that's cool. But I will point this out because I was thinking about this, especially in regards to married couples, old and new. I don't recall my mama, my aunties, my grandma and them having like homegirls that would stay the night at, at people's houses. I recall having people like family members sometimes staying at the house, but I don't recall them having like girlfriends that was like, oh, she's staying for the weekend. She's going to stay tonight. I also don't recall them having a large group of quote homegirls. My mama, they, my aunties, they grandma, all of them, like the elders, they, especially in my family, they are the generation of my family are my friends. I don't know if that applies to everybody or if that was just something that I saw. So in my case, I wouldn't see that happening where the homegirls was trying to spend a night and they got sent to the hotel because they really they weren't homegirl heavy. They was friends with each other, sisters and brothers. Now, I don't know what I do in this situation because I ain't married. I ain't married. I ain't in a relationship. But I also don't be spending the night at my married homegirls houses. Not because I don't want to or haven't thought about it. I just don't. I haven't. I've never been in that situation. Do I know homegirls who have? Sure. Have I done it? No. But it's not for the reasons like that's, that was kind of laid out in this conversation. It's not because I feel like they husband going to try to get at me. It's not because I don't trust myself. It's just something I've never done. But also... I don't want none of their husbands. I can't think of one homegirl, relative, family. I can't think of anybody whose husband I would even look at. Don't nobody want them. And speaking of and extending that out loud, don't nobody want none of y'all, man. Well, I take that back. People do be out here scheming. But the point is, sometimes some of us put extra stank on situations that don't need no extra stank. Sometimes it don't need all that. And I'm just putting myself in this situation as me now thinking of when I get married and I got a homegirl who fly into LA and she want to come visit for the weekend. We're going to go kick it. I tell her to come get, come and have a little getaway trip. And I had a guest bedroom. I would let her stay. And if I felt like she was the type of friend that I couldn't trust in my house, maybe she was a little skeezer, then she my friend. She ain't going to be my, my friend. Or if I felt like my husband was a little skank ass and I can't have my friend over here, then guess what? I don't need to have him around. But again, I'm looking at this from the perspective of a woman who's not married and in a relationship and is not in this situation to have it play out. But if my friends were to me, if I wanted to come visit them, 
and they said, hey, you need to stay at a hotel. I will respect those boundaries. Okay, girl, cool. I'm going to book a hotel. You got some suggestions? Which one's nicest? Do they got a pool? You come down to the hotel and come kick it with me. Like, I, I don't have a problem with that. But I can see how both sides can view this. I can see the respect the marriage and the boundary side. And I can see the, dang, why you assuming we're going to be in your house trying to push up on your man's side. I also want to ask the question, because I'm not saying that this is the case in this situation, but this kind of happens often on just in conversation and chatter and group discussions. Why do people try to act like single women are the devil? Why do people try to act like single women are out here with the intent to just blow up everybody happy home? Yes, that does happen. Yes, that can be said in some instances. But it seemed like people just out here thinking single women just out here just tearing shit up. Y'all know we be married people who raggedy too, right? I just want to say that. Married people be raggedy too. Please stop this stigma that single women just just out to do harm. Um, because again, y'all were single at one point too. So were you raggedy? Just because you ain't married now don't mean you ain't that mean you just automatically not raggedy no more. Or maybe you are, maybe you're projecting, whatever the case may be. And I'm not saying this is what this post and what Kiera was trying to do, but I'm saying sometimes that does become the narrative. I say all that to say, what y'all think? Y'all letting y'all girlfriends, homegirls spend a night? And are y'all letting y'all homeboys spend a night? Because for the male black black news listeners, you letting your homeboy stay at the house with your wife up in there? What y'all doing? Especially if your homeboy out here skeezing. You letting Raynard and them stay at the house? Is he getting to stay? Let me know. Let me know what y'all think about this situation. If you got personal, relatable experiences or firsthand accounts. Hit me up at Canelia, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Former NFL coach Brian Flores is suing the National Football League and three teams, which are the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Giants, for, and this is according to the actual lawsuit, for alleging a pattern of racist hiring practices by the league and racial discrimination during the interview process with Denver and New York, as well as during his tenure with Miami. The lawsuit, which was filed um, recently in a Manhattan federal court, sought class action status and unspecified damages from the league, the three teams, and unidentified individuals. Ooh, y'all, it's going down. Me, me in the trap. It's going down. Okay. Brian said he ain't playing with y'all no more. Mr. Brian said he's sick of it. He's sick of it. He is going all in with this lawsuit. And I didn't read the full report. It's long, but it details a lot of stuff. It compares other coaches in the league and the experiences that they have had. It talks about his tenure coaching for the Miami Dolphins in one instance there was um, the owner, I believe, was telling him that he would give him $100,000 per game if he tanked the season so they can get a top uh, a draft pick that upcoming um, year. You know, it alleges that the league discriminated against him and other black coaches, like I said, for racial reasons, denying them positions as head coaches, offensive off well, offensive and defensive coordinators and quarterback coaches, as well as general managers. Now, we we knew this, right? We knew this. 
there's currently only one black coach in the NFL. And that is Mike Tomlin, a.k.a. Omar Epps, because him and Omar Epps look like they're brothers. And that's for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike is the only black NFL coach. I don't know how many black GMs there are. There ain't no black owners. Robert Smith, I believe his name, the billionaire, the one who paid all of the student loan debt for the one particular class at Morehouse College a couple years ago. He is trying to buy, I believe, the Broncos. So if he buys them and is successful, he will be the only black NFL owner. Correct me if I'm wrong, y'all. Hit me up and let me know if that if, that, if that's right. I think it is. But, you know, we know the NFL been doing this. Didn't they recently put in place what they call the Rooney Rule, which kind of says, oh, we have to give black people a fair chance in the interview process. Mm, they had to enact a whole rule just to make sure that the interview process was fair. And it turns out it wasn't fair. It ain't going to be fair, which we kind of assumed, y'all. So I believe, you know, this lawsuit doesn't seem like it is for shock value. It is basically standing on a square if Brian is standing on his square and saying I'm taking the charge and I'm going to do this and take one for the team because he pretty much said him and his team he knows after this he'll never coach in the NFL again he knows it the NFL responded they released a statement and said that they will defend themselves against the claims which they call without merit it says quote the NFL and our clubs are deeply committed to ensuring equitable equitable employment practices and continue to make progress in providing equitable opportunities throughout our organizations. Diversity is core to everything we do and there are few issues on which our clubs and our internal leadership our internal leadership team spend more time. Y'all knock it off. We saw what happened with Colin, Colin Kaepernick. We saw what happened with that. Like come on y'all. Now one of the highlights of this situation was they came out and talked about the Bill Belichick situation. Bill basically um, text Brian Flores congratulating him because he heard the Giants wanted to hire him as the head coach because he was interviewing. Then Brian was basically like, um, thanks, coach. Did you hear something I didn't hear? And Bill was like, yeah, I heard it went great. And it was my understanding that Brian Flores didn't even interview yet. And so Brian Flores was like, yo, Coach, which Brian you talking about? You talking about me or you talking about the other Brian? And then Bill was basically like, oops, my bad. Yeah, I was talking about the other Bill. Um, It looked like they already gave him the job. So they were just going through the motions with Brian Flores to interview him just to say they interviewed him. A hot mess. I'm not sure how this going to play out, but I'm interested to see what happens. Because again, we kind of already knew this, but it's nice that but that he is standing up and he like, listen, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to jump out there. I will also like to challenge us and to look in other directions because I'm of the school of if you aren't given the opportunities where you are, you need to go where the love is. And we've seen with the success of people like Deion Sanders, I believe Hugh Jackson is coaching for Grambling. Eddie George is coach at Tennessee State. What these black coaches need to do is head over to HBCUs and change the game of football early with these young men and then change the dynamic moving forward. Because if you can go to the HBCUs, bring your clout, your reputation, your coaching ability, your NFL experience, 
start recruiting, getting our young men to to feel like they can go to HBCUs. They can have a chance at making it to the NFL. They can get a great education and they can be around a people, learn about their culture. That will change the dynamic and the trajectory of our young men and our young people immediately. It will turn the tide. Because I want us to stop thinking that you got to go to PWI to be successful at sports. No, you don't. I ain't going to even go through the list of names of people who went to HBCUs that successful in football. But at one point, you know, we, we've seen people come out from, from different ones all across the South and, and the Northeast and wherever other HBCUs are at. But I say again, I would love if something like this would switch the focus Okay, they ain't hiring black coaches. Guess what? Brian, keep going with the lawsuit. People are going to get behind it. And then black coaches who ain't getting hired, guess what? I'm going to go ahead on over to Hampton University. Not to say they're looking for a coach because I don't know. But I just had to throw my alma mater out there because I love them. But to say, oh, yeah, we're going to switch our focus. And we're going to go maybe to FAMU, Hampton. We're going to go to Howard, build up their program, start a trickling in these young black players, these good athletes, these top recruits to our schools, and then build programs out that way. Switch the focus. Go where the love is. What y'all think about all of this? Y'all think Brian going to succeed with this lawsuit? Y'all think something else going to come up? Do y'all think he's done with the NFL? They ain't going to hire him, I don't think. But let me know what y'all think. Because if y'all are true sports fans or watch football, y'all might have some insight that I don't have. Because I, I said this a couple weeks ago, I don't really watch the game no more. But let me know y'all thoughts. Hit me up. All social media, at Canelia. Let's get into honorable mention. I really thought with this recent book ban that the books that were targeted were very specific to black culture that probably told the line in regards to how people uh, view history and us communicating actual facts and and narratives i thought the book ban was really going in on books that were considered controversial i was assuming that and in case y'all are like what are you talking about there has ever since this debate about critical race theory has been purposely used to sabotage black people uh, trying to push the needle forward in regards to just elevation and liberation that has now turned into banning books elementary schools school districts states counties you name it it has been coming up across the country and again I thought that the books that they were talking about was really on the edge, right? I was like, oh, yeah, they banning like, and even though I don't think the autobiography of Malcolm X is on the edge, I can see how somebody would uh, would, would assume that and could take that out of context, which is one of my favorite books, by the way. So I was like, oh, maybe it's the autobiography of Malcolm X. I can understand a little bit, not really, but y'all get what I'm saying. Then I started to see and like look into the books that they banning. Y'all, they try to ban To Kill a Mockingbird. Like what? Now, most of us have read that book in high school, middle school. Some people in elementary school. Yeah, it was a little like it ain't it ain't my favorite book, but it has become a part of young teen literature and education for quite some time. Y'all on a rampage to ban a killing to kill a mockingbird? 
like this this is literally literally out of hand some of the other books that are on lists to ban and this is not specific to different regions or or counties states this is just a general search about books that are being banned so in addition to to kill a mockingbird there's the handmaid's tale the bluest eye between the world and me gender queer the hate you give the list goes on and on and on what i'm convinced that people want their kids just to be generally uneducated there's no other conclusion that i can draw if you do not want your kids to have knowledge about all things different things different opinions different points of views different lifestyles different cultures just our differences in general you literally want your child to not be smart like that's all I'm that's that's just how I'm translating it at this point hey let's ban these books because I don't want my kid to be educated let's just say that instead of 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 sugarcoating it as us as people who are watching this unfold maybe we should change the narrative and when we call it a book ban we should say a knowledge ban or or something because again these books to kill a mockingbird isn't hurting your children let them read the dang book what's next winnie the pooh he had no pants on are we gonna ban winnie are we gonna ban winnie do y'all uh, have y'all been seeing this unfold and I want to point out a tweet Roy Wood Jr who is a hilarious comic colleague of mine he tweeted something the other day which was so spot on he said f and nft y'all need to be getting up on these on all these books they banning real American history about to be the new collectible ain't that a word it's about to be to the point where people gonna be selling books in a dark alley forget crack you want knowledge it's going to cost you. What y'all think about all of this? I think it's outrageous. Of course I do. But do y'all feel the same? Or are there some books that you feel like definitely should be banned? Let me know y'all thoughts. Hit me up at Canelia on social media. That's it for this week's episode of Black News, y'all. Thanks again. Thank you. And thank you again so much for sticking with us, supporting the podcast, liking and subscribing on all apps where podcasts can be heard, rating five stars and leaving a comment. It helps more than you know. So I really, really appreciate it and keep sharing black news with all of your friends and family. Be sure to hit me up on social media if you got ideas for topics or just hit me up in general to let me know you've been listening. Let me know your thoughts. I'm at Canelia on all platforms across the board. That's at Cornelia, like Kenny and Ophelia. Also check my website. I got some shows coming up in Los Angeles County. Hopefully get on the road soon. But for now, if you're in the LA area, hit me up. Check Cornelia.com for show dates and details. And as always, thanks again so much, guys. I hope you have a fantastic week. Keep supporting, keep growing, keep building, keep staying safe and keep staying healthy. As always, again, I'll see you back here next time, same time, same place. Bye.